Tim Kiefer, MIBtownline.com. Welcome to Wednesday night. Wednesday night, it's football time here at MIBtownline.com. I do this, do this every week, but it's, it truly is a sincere thank you for taking some time out of your Wednesday night to join us to uh, become better football officials. And so I, I do appreciate the commitment. I do appreciate you being here. Uh, or Even if you're watching this on demand later, great. You're taking the time to make the game better and I commend you for that. And please pass the word to let everybody know, you know that this, this is a way to continue to stay sharp as the season progresses. Because most, you know, except for maybe Mike Billick over there on the East Coast, but most of us are at least halfway through the season, if not beyond the halfway point. And we're hitting that final stretch where things are going to get a little bit more testy and a little bit more serious on many fronts because the games are going to matter even more. So staying sharp is huge. Um, we are going to do our playoff preview like we did last year at the end of uh, next month. But uh, right now we're just going to do some plays. We're going to continue to make ourselves better officials. So what are we going to do tonight? Let's run through our PowerPoint here real quick. So the meeting agenda tonight, we're going to review the play, the play of the week from last week. And, and actually we're just going to go, we're going to show it again and I'll get into that in a minute. Dead ball situations. We're going to talk dead ball situations tonight. I was able to do a presentation last night with the Portland Football Officiating Association, and this is the presentation that I did for them. I'm going to do it for you tonight because I think it is going to be useful for everybody. Some good video to go with that. And then, like I said, vid time. That's exactly what we're going to do. All right, so here's the play of the week from last week. And I'm going to show it. And we're not going to talk about it tonight. And I know I did get some people who responded. I didn't get a chance to get this disseminated through the normal social media stuff that we do when we do our plays of the week. I didn't have a chance for some reason last week to do this. So we're going to roll this one over to next week. And there's a text number if you want to text us. And I just threw it up there. Remember, that's the way you can get a hold of us. But, uh, yeah, we're going, to roll, we're going to roll this one over to next week. Um, I'll play it again just so we all remember what the play was. It's the crazy, weird motion and then touchdown pass. So I was wanna, I was going to talk about this play tonight, but last week for some reason I didn't get a chance to get this disseminated out to all of the places I normally get it disseminated, meaning YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. I didn't get a chance to get it out. So because of that, we're going to table this one, and we're going to talk about it next week. I know some people, uh, some subscribers and members sent me some stuff. Just you know, table that. We're going to get to it next week. You know, don't, your, your responses have, have not gone unnoticed. So we'll just talk about this next week because um, I think I, I do want to hear what you know, some other people around the country have to say about this play because it's definitely an interesting one. So our dead ball situations, handling our dead ball situations. But before we go into that, I want to bring in the panel. And I'm going to throw up the text line here so that way you can always text us if you have any questions, comments, or whatever. We try to get to all of them as we move through our, uh, you know, our meeting because it's important to hear from you. So like I said, I want to, I want to welcome in our, our panel tonight. And the first one is uh, Mr. Bill Lamagne. Bill's with us. Bill, how are you doing tonight? Well, hang on, Bill. It would help if I 
See, they have side chats, you know, while I'm getting ready. So I turn their mute mics off, and then I forget to turn them back on. But, Bill, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine, Tim. How are you? All right. Well, thank you for being here. I really appreciate taking the time. We also have Mike Billica is with us, and uh, you know, it's it's good to have Mike with us. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. It's it's a wonderful thing to be talking football in the middle of the week. Middle of the week talking football. That's what we like to do. And there's Robert Yabara. Robert, how are you tonight? I'm fantastic. Uh, anxious to hear from our members. Looking forward to this meeting. Thank you for inviting me. Yep, looking forward. So am I. I think it's going to be a really, really good, some really good topics to talk about. And uh, so let's get right to it. All right. So handling dead ball situations. So dead ball checklist. Now you might say, Tim, what's a dead ball checklist? Well, if you know, if you remember, we talk about line of scrimmage pre. Well, it's not just line of scrimmage; it's every official, but it's pre-snap checklist. So we have a checklist that we, in our mind, a mental checklist that we do for pre-snap mechanics or pre-snap. Or what are we? Gonna, or what are we going to do? We've, we've talked many, many times about it, but do we have a dead ball checklist? I don't think there is one out there. So I, I decided this past week for this presentation I did yet last night that there really should be a dead ball checklist. And these yeah. are things that we probably already do, but it's just going through it and having the same type of a checklist that you have for pre-snap that you would have for dead ball. And I think this, these type of things are good and it helps us remember what to do. So the first item in the dead ball checklist is for the covering official or officials. If you're the covering official, stop, or spot clock. So remember, spot clock. And that doesn't necessarily mean like, like you always have to have a spot in every play. You do have a spot in every play, believe it or not. Some of them might be a touchdown. Some of them might be a touchback. Um, so, so spot clock. Covering official is going to make a spot assessment and then do something with the clock. This is doing something with the clock. This, as a touchback, is doing something with the clock. Obviously, killing the clock is doing something with the clock. So that's why on, at, when the ball becomes dead, spot clock if you're a covering official. Now, if you're a covering official after you do this, you need to move into the next set of checklist items. But if you are any other official on the field, you go right to these. And this is all the other officials. Swivel, go, clock. Swivel, go, clock. What does that mean? Well, if you're not involved with the spot and you're not involved with the clock because you, you, know, you don't have the spot, then you need to keep your head on a swivel. And if you see something, you go to that and then you look at the clock. You don't necessarily kill the clock. You don't necessarily keep the clock going, but you look at the clock. So that way you know what's going on with the clock. So uh, spot clock, swivel go clock. Spot clock, swivel go clock. So what do I mean by this? Well, oh wait, there is one item that is not on the checklist, but it is important that we get to the last thing that we get to. And that is then the ball. After all of this is done, then we go to the ball. Because I have yet in my almost 30 years of officiating to play a down of football without a ball. It is amazing. The ball shows up. 
It just shows up. And if you, you don't have to run and chase it down half the time. It will eventually make its way back to where it needs to go for you to play it down in football. So I'm not saying that we should avoid our ball mechanics and try to get the ball down, but we have tools at our, expo- or at, at our, you know, at our exposure where we can um, use this. We can pump that up. We can go, we can put a new play clock up. Or if we have to, we could uh, stop the clock and then set the ball, which we can by rule. It's an unforeseen delay in getting the ball ready for play. So that's why I like, don't worry about the ball. You want all this other stuff to happen first before we go to the ball. So now I'm going to get out of this and bring up the video plays that are associated with this. So let me, uh, let me pull that one up here, the first play. Give me one moment. So on this play, let's go wide on it. You'll see the play here. We're going to focus in on what's going to happen down at the bottom. Now, if we go back, you know, I always like to do this. Where is everybody looking? Looks like we got pretty much a balanced formation. Then we have motion. I mean, after the motion, motion comes over to the one side. So then it's going to put, it's going to make the bottom of the screen the strength of the formation. So our who is in our typical line judge position now is the strength of formation. So we know where kind of everybody is, is looking on the play. So you roll the play out. And here it is. And I want you to focus in on action here at the end of the play right here. And then we're going to just kind of keep an eye on that. And then we're going to go back and talk about it. But here you go. Ball's out of bounds. What does our covering official do? Here's our covering official. He is making a spot, getting a spot, and stopping the clock. So spot clock. He has now done the first item of the checklist since he's the covering official. Now the second part of the checklist, swivel go clock. Our back judge sees something going on with his head on a swivel. And our umpire, look up here. You probably haven't focused in on him, but look at our umpire. Okay, swivel, go. See here, now they're going. And now, what about that other piece, the clock? This official right here, or maybe this official right here, should be taking a look at the clock. Why is that? Because the clock is stopped. Somebody needs to make sure the clock is stopped. Now, this is more, this is critical. Um, I mean, it's good to know it you know, all the time, but it's more critical near the end of a half. But that's kind of how that checklist should work as a crew. A crew of five, or it doesn't even matter, crew of seven, because I got some with, with a crew of seven. That's, that's kind of how we should walk it through. Now, looking at this, and I will, I will put this out for discussion. This contact right here, I want, because it's dead ball, you know, or close to it, or unnecessary. I'm curious out there, I'm going to throw the text line up, how many people have this as a UNR? Well, let, me, let me ask this, how many people have this, we call this a live ball UNR, or a dead ball UNR, or a talk to? Now, the, the enforcement doesn't necessarily matter as much, but it could, because this is an offensive player, and if you look, you know, 15 yards is 15 yards, but this is the difference if you, if you were to, because the end of the run is right here, so, and your line of gain is up here. So if you walk 15 yards on a live ball foul, it's, we're still going to have third down. 
But if you call it a dead ball foul, we're going to give them first and 10, and then we're going to enforce a penalty after that. So that's why it is important to know whether this is a live ball or a dead ball. So I'm going to start, I think, with Mike on this one. So um, let, me, let me make sure I've got Mike ready to go here. Uh, I think there you are. There you are, Mike. All right, Mike. So what, what you see, you saw the play. You, you, know, you see our checklist for, for the dead ball situations. Do you like it? Or one, and then two, what do you think on this play? Oh, I, I love it. I think uh, this, this is the kind of thing that can really help a crew out because we talk a lot about pre-snap rituals. What about pro-snap or post-play rituals? I think it's a great idea. Um, as far as this play, I'd love the back judge to come running in and uh, get get on the get in that kid's ear and let him know to knock that off. But uh, no, I don't have a flag. It's too close to the end of the play. Um, but um, I, I don't, you know, I wouldn't have a, necessarily a foul here. But I definitely have to talk to. You. Okay, so you're going no foul, um, like the back judge coming over. Okay, great. So I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Robert now on this one. And uh, so Robert. <laughs> Oops, there's Mike. We always talk to Mike. Robert, there's Robert. So, Robert, what is your personal opinion? And, I, I, I mean, we're giving people time to, to text in on this, and I'll go to uh, Bill, and then I can come back to you for the audience. But what is your personal thoughts on, on a play like this? And you're, the, you're a back judge, so this is kind of your wheelhouse. Right. Yeah, it didn't jump out to me to be a UNR. I am going to obviously sprint over and then communicate with the player uh, so he knows that I'm on it. And I'm in, in that that I'm, I'm I'm officiating that that action. So I'm agreeing with Mike. Normally I don't, but this case I do. So good job, Mike. Uh, no flag for me either. All right, no 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 flag. Now I'm gonna see if Bill cuts it because I I kind I might have I might have sometimes taken you down the wrong path, but that, I mean it's a good discussion. So I'll get to that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go over to Bill. Bill, you see a play like this. You know, tell me, tell me what you got. Well, I, I agree that the action's live. I don't have it in a, as a dead ball situation. I got suspect block or a blindside block. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but leave it up to the guy. Leave it up to the veteran. Yeah, Bill, that, that's the potential. That, I can see that. I'm going to go into back into it, but tell me why you've got that. Well, I, I see this guy planted face first down. Um, you know, now, does should the guy know he's there? Yeah, he should know he's there. But he's coming from outside his peripheral on this, um, on it. So, um, you know, I, I'd want to see it again. But uh, but that jumped in my mind, uh, the potential for, uh, for being a, a blindside, illegal blindside. Well, and that's a good that's a good pickup. I'm going to go back to the play, and then I'll go to Robert for the, the audience, just to kind of, because since Bill hit that. And whether, you know, the, the argument is blindside, you know, we, we have to have that forcible contact. Does he extend his hands? And it does look like the player extends his hands, but let's look at the contact, okay? I, I mean, this is not from the side. I mean, look at, the, look at where he's at. I mean, this, is, this looks like it's clearly from the back. So if you want to, and, and there's the player right there. He's still in bounds. So I think, personally, what should have been called, I don't think a UNR should have been called, and I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to steer people down the wrong path, but, but, but the presentation does come, is applicable to this play. But on, on this contact, I think we should have a block in the back, at the very least, 
maybe some viewers out there think that this does elevate you know, to a, a UNR. It wasn't necessary, so I'm going UNR. But either way, I think there should be a flag on this, me personally, for either a block in the back or a UNR. You might agree with Mike and, and, uh, and Robert and say, no, not UNR, but then if you then that's cool but i, I think i think we might have had a had a block in in the back on this that we we may have missed on this call or on this play i should say so robert i'm gonna go to you and you probably already got this people probably already texted this one in and said hey did you see the block in the back no in fact they're not it's not coming across that clear i mean we're i guess if you slow it down and your ink is almost the same color as the jersey, so it's not it's not jumping off the screen. And uh, so I guess we're it's just not as I guess obvious in that regard. But no, I haven't had anyone call it a foul yet. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, because maybe it is There's too a small. There's couple people on the MIBT online that are actually saying illegal block in the back, though Dave Bender okay. for one. Ah, perfect. So so some of the some of the YouTubers are perfect. So yeah, I think. I think on this one we should have had a, bl a block in the back, and if you and if you elevated it because you felt that the contact was unnecessary, I could see that. I can understand going that route. But either way, dead ball. We have to get here. And and though we might have missed the block in the back part of it, if you know, in that case, I still think the officials were good in coming to that because it required their uh, attention. Because after that, something bad can happen with the, with us being there as the officials. Then now we're we're going to a, a, at least reduce the odds of something like that happening. So, all right, uh, we'll go on to our next play. Let me pull that one up here. Give me one second. And hopefully this one. I think this one might be a little clearer as we as we move through them. All right. So let's go wide on the play. So same thing. I want you to consider those dead ball, those dead ball that ch checklist, the dead ball situations, spot clock, swivel, go clock. Think about that when you're watching this play. So it's a punt, and this is a seven-person crew game. So just know that, but it shouldn't matter in what we do. So you're going to see what happens at the end of this play. So we're looking at the the shaded area, the shaded area, and then okay, I'm not saying that that's anything, but watch. What happens after? A little bit of John back and forth. You're going to watch the play again in full, uh, full speed and to get an idea. And I'm going to stop it be when we get to that, that point. Because here, you know, we've got that. Was it, you, know, you can make an argument about the contact. But look, let's talk about the official and what we would do. So in this case, what's the official doing? He's marking the spot and stopping the clock. So he's got number one done. And this is going on right now, all right? My question is, is that this is a crew of seven, so you've got a back judge here, you've got an umpire here, you've got an H here. I don't see anybody in the frame. And this is something that, you know, right now you could say, well, Tim, that wasn't really anything. You don't know what he was saying. Maybe, you know, he was telling him that, yeah, that was, that was, that was a good play, really good play, or maybe not. Doesn't look like it because if you go to the close-up on it again, you know when you see him, John, it, you know you can see his face. Yeah, it doesn't look friendly, and so I think that's one of the things where we talk about that 
that checklist. You know, okay, so now I'm not, I don't have the spot and don't have the clock. I need to go. I mean, I'm going to play this out full speed, and you're not going to see an official for a while here. Okay, so here you go, boom, boom, boom. We don't know what's being said, and this could be early, and, and if we don't get on this early, this can escalate later. All right, now finally you see the umpire coming in. Finally the umpire's coming in, and he doesn't, you know, the, everybody's kind of separating, but I think we need to, to have a little better presence on this because that's one of those where if, we're, if we don't, it, can, it definitely can escalate down the road and become something that we don't want it to become. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over uh, to to Bill real quick on this one. So so Bill, you know I asked Mike about the checklist and you know we we talk about things that we do to try to get in these patterns of, of so we can prevent maybe some you know obviously we don't know what was said but but because we don't know what was said it does put us in the situation where we we could escalate this could escalate down the road and we we didn't have a presence. Yeah, when you finally, finally catch it and, and and see it or hear it, it's the third or fourth time. You want to try and nip it in the bud as soon as possible, and that that's with presence. Uh, you know, I see too often, and it's a shame that back judges are killing grass down the middle of the field, and they need to be a windshield wiper. You know, they've got to be able to flow left and right, and they've got to be able to come up on plays and 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 do that cleanup. Uh, would have helped to have them there. I mean, you always behave better. That's the whole thing about presence. Players will behave better if they know you're around. You know, I, I always said I behaved better when my mom, I knew my mom was in the room. Yeah. If she wasn't in the room, you know, that that's when I was going to probably get in trouble or try to get away with it at least. But uh, we've, we've got to have that presence and, and watch for that stuff. No, I think we do because that, like I said, this could start to escalate down the road if we if we don't so i'm a robert real quick i see you typing over there we got any any uh comments or anything that before we move on to the next one oh the, everyone's kind of agreeing you know they're just saying yeah maybe they're just communicating merry christmas things of that sort um but no we know we need to get involved more quickly than that right so use that use that checklist man you, you know that's what that is what what it's there for it's kind of that reminder to to get there and to you know to have that presence so that way, you know, we, we, we know how we're going to, you know, or at least we know what's going on. We have an idea if, if things start to, you know, go down, go downhill, unfortunately, and we don't want that. Um, I think Mike is waving his hand. So I'm going to, oh, no, he's not. He said, never mind, go on. <laughs> Mike waving his hand. All right, I try, to, I try to watch everything, guys. I got 10, 10 monitors here. but I, All right, here we go. So let's go. Uh, Let's go wide on this play, our next play. I'm going to pull the text line down here. So same thing. I want you to, we're going to look at the, the pre-snap here. We see what we got. We know what our keys are. It's a balanced formation. And I want you to go through that checklist again. Spot, clock, swivel, go clock. Now we saw this, this official come, comes flying down here, which we don't recommend, by the way. That's not our recommendation. We want you to pause, read, and react. But he's here. Here comes the play, and now you're going to see the highlight there, and that's the player you're going to watch. And then we've got that contact. All right, so, and then there's a flag. All right, so let's look at where all our officials are. 
So this is a five five person, if we'll just say five person game. So we know what our 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 short wing here or our, our, our wing official is doing. He's got he might not catch that because you know it's coming up late, but hopefully he's got his head up. He's got the spot. We don't really see a clock. But my question is, is is that even though you see the contact here, we're once again looking for a back judge, looking for a back judge, looking for other official, looking for an umpire. You see the feet of the umpire, well, you can see the shadow of the umpire. You know, I would see it if I was a back judge and saw this contact, I'd want to get here. Now, yes, our referee does get here and does throw his flag. So we do have that as as a hey, I saw it, I'm making a ruling on it. But I want to make sure everybody's good here. This is near the bench, okay? I want to make sure that players are going that direction because in the end, that's when sometimes bad things can happen. So I'm going to let this play out, and then I want to talk a little bit about penalty enforcement. So here's the weird thing. That foul was on the defense, okay? That's something weird. We're not used to that type of a foul occurring on the defense. We're thinking it's on the offense because why would a defender block? So it's like it doesn't make any sense. So as, our, as we throw the flag, you look at our referee, what, what he does. He comes up, and then he moves his flag to the spot of the foul. Okay? Just keep that in the, Just think about that. All right? Now he's talking with, the, with the, the line of scrimmage official, and now look what he's doing. He figures it out that it's on the defense. He's asking... He's asking the, the offensive team, hey, personal foul, do you want it? Do you want it? Personal foul, do you want it? So here's the thing that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask on this is because why, what scenario would this happen where the offense would not take this fall? Okay? That's something to consider. Now, you might be like, well, he, he's just checking. He's just checking. Fine. I'm, and I'm not trying to be critical of the guy, okay? This is one of those things where it's a football IQ. You're telling me when I'm watching a film like this that you know what's going on. By moving your flag, that spot means absolutely nothing. It is a dead ball foul. You could throw that thing up as high as you want. It could come down with icicles on it because it doesn't matter. It's, an, it's a... Uh, Succeeding spot enforcement because it's a dead ball foul. Secondly, because we're just adding yardage, and it's not even half the distance, we're just adding yardage to the offensive play, why would any offense say, no, no, we want, we want to decline that? So it, it, just, it's like, it really kind of shows when you, when you see a, a, a play like this that you're on your game, that you're like, okay, I know exactly what's going on here. Boom, we're going this way. Let's do it. Let's, let's walk it. Let's walk it off. And move on. So that's that's just something I wanted to point out on that play because I think in the end um, we could we we don't look as, as sharp, let's just say, as we could in a situation like that. So I'm gonna bring Mike back in. Mike, I know you know you do a lot of teaching to new officials and stuff like that. And this game awareness thing is important because. Like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to pick on a guy because you know we're standing 100 miles away, and or you know many months after this occurred, but it does stand out when you're like, wait a minute, does does this person really know what's going on? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's great that the referee immediately talked to a crewmate because a lot of times referees have to be thinking about the announcement. They have to think about penalty decisions. So letting a crewmate just listen to you and hear you out can help you process the play. But it looks like he just didn't spend enough time, you know, pausing and processing what he had um, before he just felt like he had to rush and go into action. We have plenty of time on unusual calls like this to talk to a crewmate, let let us go through the whole process before we actually start running to another spot on the field. And that's when we look bad, I think. I think uh, if, if he had just paused there and hesitated, I think um, nobody would have batted an eye. No, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think it would have, it would have been, would have been fine, and we just would have moved on. Um, I'm going to ask Robert here real quick. Robert, are there any um, questions, comments on this play, or can we move on to the next one? Yeah. Well, the only questions are why is there only one flag? You know, number one, <laughs> definitely need to get definitely need to get the cheap shots. Everyone's unanimous. This is a cheap shot, and we we need to get these. But you can understand, and I hope that viewers get understand why it's important. We can look a certain way, and I'm glad this referee got it. I mean, that's awesome. But like, you know, do those do those mechanics that make sense. Do the game. You know, understand why you're throwing your flag in the spots that that go with that. So, all right, on to our next play. All right, let's do this one. Let me get this one ready to go here. All right, I think we're up. Let's do it. All right, let's go wide on it. Here we go. All right, this kickoff. So we still have those same that same checklist items on our on a kickoff. You know, spot clock, swivel goal clock. And you'll see that the the player runs this way, and you're going to see this player come in at the end, okay, and then come in late. And you're going to, it's, I'm going to run it in real time again, and then we're going to walk through the, the, the official's positions. All right, so we're breaking out here. Remember, this is actually a crew of seven as well. So comes down. So we can talk about whether that's a foul or not. We'll get to that in a minute. You can you go ahead and chime in. And I'll put the text line back up whether you with whether you would call that a late hit or not. But here we go. Let's look at whatever what we're doing. Okay, so there's that contact, and you see down at the bottom of the screen here that our official who has spot is doing that. Spot clock. All right. So there's there, there's still a lot of players around, and I still don't see another official. I don't see a a referee coming up or coming over now, but I do see an official here at the bottom of the screen coming in, and that's our deep official. Okay, so we're gonna our deep official is doing the the, the he's going. He did the swivel. He's going. He's getting there. Oh, oh wait a minute. What do you do? Uh oh. No, uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. We've got this action here. We still have players together. Okay. Now we do have one official here, but you know it's safety in numbers. Okay. Safety in numbers. Our official's coming in, and now he looks for the ball. He's looking for a ball right here. I don't know if you can see that, but he is looking for that ball. Okay, so right here, I'm going to draw it. There we go. You should see it. He's looking for the ball. But there's still a player here. There's still players here. There's still some action going on 
that could require some assistance. Now, like I said, we do have an official here, but safety in numbers. I think if I'm this official, I'm still coming this direction until I'm pretty clear that the team that's wearing the dark jerseys is going that way and the team that's wearing the white jerseys is going that way or at least everybody's doing the old switcheroo in the proper manner. Okay, That's probably what I'm doing. Now, once again, ball mechanics. I understand getting the ball down, but let's kind of walk through it. And, if, and when, I, when he turns for the ball, let's just keep it going. So he's, he comes out, he turns for the ball, 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3. And now about now he could, so we're talking three more seconds. That's it, three more seconds to make sure that there is no shenanigans that are, that are gonna be taking place in this play because we have another official there directing traffic or at least having that presence. Because remember, the ball will eventually show up. You always have time to go and get the ball. All right, so I want to uh, run around. I'm going to actually go to, uh, I think I'm going go to go to Bill on this one to start off. Um, and let me, let me get Mr. Lemagne up here. All right, Bill, first off, you know, we, we've talked about balls before. In fact, we, we did, I think we did a couple segments in, a, in the best practices about people looking for footballs. And I understand when a lot of these guys don't work seven mechanics a lot, so they're not used to that. But when you're working seven, a lot of times we look for the ball way too early. And we can just wait that second before we go and get the ball. Would you agree? I agree. And this was an example of how we can say it in pregames. We can say it in meetings. Oh, yeah, we're going to be great dead ball officials. And then we're ball, you know, we're looking for a ball too quick after a play. Uh, like you said, we're we haven't run a play yet without one. So uh, take that extra two, three seconds and finish watching players. You know, I, I could pass on that last player coming into the pile. It's on the edge uh, and that. But at the same time, there's a lot of people still there and uh, we need to get them separated and back to their sideline or, or their side of the field. So uh, don't don't just dump it on that wing official. Well, that's right. That's a game awareness. If you're gonna pass on it, but you know, we better at least still get there to kind of to kind of figure it out. So, all right, I'm gonna go to Robert now, real quick. And uh, Robert, the text line's been up. What are uh, what are people saying out there? Do they think that should have been a, a a late hit? Do they do they understand not to go and look for a ball too early? Yeah, I would say the major the majority who have responded have no foul in this particular case. And in fact, there was even one viewer who thinks that uh, the player may have even landed on his own teammate. But nonetheless, there was only one or two that thought that that was a late hit, uh, so it was not unanimous. Uh, there were a couple other comments uh, that I thought were worth sharing. One is, you know, when when we have a, a returner with the opponent's ball, uh, that in and of itself will draw you into the action, right? If you want to get a ball, you know, that would be the one you want to, you want to be identifying. Uh, but needless to say, those are some of the comments that were shared by the viewers. So if I understand it, like, go get the ball that's on the ground is what, like, with the player. Is that what? Yeah, I would agree. That's, that's actually, that's not a bad. That's, it's actually a good point because yeah. it's a practice that'll bring you into the action, right? It'll, it'll bring you into the, the opponent's. Uh, and and you're securing a ball that needs to go to the opposite sideline because the returner needs to give up and relinquish that particular ball. 
So if you want to get a ball, that would be the one you want to go after. It's yeah, what, a, think, what a viewer said, and I, and I actually I, I thought that was I, a great comment. I think that's great. You, if you need to have your hands on a ball, go and get that ball. I, I love it. I love it a lot. All right, I'm going to just jump over to Mike real quick because uh, he's looking at the YouTube stuff. Anybody on YouTube have anything to say? Or you got anything to add, Mike? Um, well, just, just to, you know, the idea here is that we're not supposed to give up our perspective watching the players when the two teams' opponents are still in a cluster together um, until the teams are separated. We have to dead ball officiate. Um, the ball, as you said at the beginning of the telecast here, the ball will appear. It's going to show up. So I think this is a great example of why we don't turn our backs to the field. Those players could have been punching each other and uh, nobody would have seen it. Well, I mean, and even if our, our line or whoever marked the spot, we're leaving him on an island. Even if he did see it now, it's like he's by himself. We don't have that additional help. So I agree. I do agree with that. Yeah, he's, he, I mean, and that line of scrimmage guy is focused on that pile with this guy that kind of dove late. He's looking for retaliation by the down brunner. True. You know, he's not going to be able to, and he's walking towards the play, which I'm not sure he needed to, but, you know, he's going to narrow his vision down too much. Well, so and you I'm need not those play- guys at a distance. And like, like I said, we're, we're just being constructive here. I'm not trying to play anything on the deep, but I would like to see a referee too. I should, we probably should have seen an R come into the frame at some point because, you know, we just, the more, at this point, you want to try to get, I don't want to say the more the merrier, but you want to have a purpose. And I think the referee would, would have had a purpose on that play. So, all right, we'll move on to our, our next play here. I think we got it ready to go. Let's go wide on it. All right, here we go. So I'm going to blit this play through, and you're going to be like, okay, Tim, what? I just see a regular play here. I don't see anything. Well, wait till the replay. The replay is going to show a different story. So we're going to focus in on not the ball. We won't be ball hawking on this one. We're looking back here and what this player is going to do, this offensive player. And you're going to get a close-up on this to where it kind of you know, goes like that. Does this, does that. Now watch what he does at the end here too. A little bit of a, oops, a little bit of, of, of a thing. So here it is. Now in real time. Now I want you to focus in on our referee. He's got it. And he comes in and he's talking, he's talking to, you know, with this player about this. And he's got a flag. Now I'm purposely not showing you what was called, okay, because I want, I got the text number up there, and I want you out there in our viewer land, or if you're on YouTube chat, to, to tell me on this one, what do you have? Okay, what do you have? And here are your options. I'll, I'll help you along the way. You're going to have a UNR or a UNS. Do you have a UNR or a UNS? I want to know because this is important for his high school officials, a UNR or a UNS. Now you might take it a little bit beyond those two, which is fine, but I'm going to start out UNR, UNS, and if you got something to add, go ahead and add it. Add in your, your, your comments or add it into the text line. So I'll start out, I'll start out with, uh, with Mike real quick on this one. So Mike, hopefully you got a chance to see it. You're the referee. What are you calling? Boy, this is awful. This off looks an awful lot like a personal foul, dead ball personal foul that turns into a UNS. Um, I think that step over and the uh, the action he did as he stepped over um, wasn't as much contact as it was not football behavior at all. So I'd rather I'd rather tag him with a counter than just call this a personal foul myself. 
Okay, so you're you're going to go with with the UNS. Good to know. All right, so I'm going to go. I'm going to bring I'm going to bring Bill in now, and we'll see what uh, what Bill has to say on this one. Bill, what do you have? Do you have a UNS, a UNR, or do you have something else that you would add to it? Well, just based if this is the only X that this player has been involved in, I'd go with the UNS uh, from the standpoint. Nothing it had nothing to do with football. He was trying to be a dirtbag, and uh, I want him to have that one unsportsmanlike conduct foul hanging over his head. Uh, if it's if if I've been having problems with him all day, I might even dump him on this one if the, if I was having problems with him all day. Uh, he, he's being a jerk, and you know all he's going to do is cause you more problems the rest of the night. All right, that's what uh, what you got, Bill. All right, cool. Now uh, I'm going to go to, uh, let me uh, hang on one second here. Let me make sure we're good here. All right, I'm going to go to Robert. Robert, what do, you, uh, what do you have on this one? You know, since there's contact, uh, I'm, I'm going with the UNR by definition, unless I deemed it to be flagrant. Now to that point, like Bill was reaching for, if, if this guy is a trouble player, and, and, and I want him out of the game, I'll deem it a flagrant personal foul. And then that would, that would, uh, he would disqualify himself based on that definition. But since there's contact, I got a UNR in this particular case play. Um, if I have words that are accompanied with it, let's say he, he called him, you know, you know, started swearing at him and, and hate speech or whatnot. I, I can go with the UNS with the words, sure. But based on the action, since we don't have words, based on not knowing the history of the game, as far as, far as what this player had done prior, I would just come out with the UNR in this one. Okay, cool. I'm going to let, uh, let people text in. I'm going to go back to Mike from the YouTube channel as well. Now, this is what I want to remind everybody. And it's code creep. Code creep is, is one of those things. And, and I don't necessarily agree with the high school rule, but the high school rule is very clear. UNS and unsportsmanlike conduct fouls are non-contact fouls. So you cannot elevate a contact foul to a UNS. Okay. You, you, now, if Mike said that he was going to go with the step over and that action more of a taunt, okay. If that's he's going with that, that's fine. I agree with Bill. I would love to go to a UNS on this because this you want to have some accountability. But it's it's in high school because of the contact, it will it would be a UNR. Now, where I might disagree with the panel is is that a flagrant action. Now, the reason why I say this is because sometimes we get confused, and we've talked about this before. Two UNRs is not a DQ. You do not get disqualified for two unnecessary roughness fouls, but you do get disqualified for a flagrant UNR. And Bill did mention about this maybe being flagrant or how has this player acted most of the game. The, the thing about a flagrant foul, was the contact intentional with the intent to cause harm or injury to the player? That's what you have to ask yourself. Was this contact an intentional act to cause potential injury or harm to the player? I think on this one, I would have no problem with this, with a DQ, with dumping him. Because he jumps on top of him, he pile drives him, and then he kicks him in the head. I've got two actions. 
I've got two things that I can point to on the film that this is why this player was disqualified. Because he committed a flagrant, unnecessary roughness act. Not two UNSs, not this. His actions were flagrant, which deemed him to be disqualified for the remainder of the game. So that's so. If you have actions like this in your games, and you think it's it it raises to that level where a player has done something intentional to cause harm or injury to their opponent, you are warranted, and hopefully you want to make it be there, you want it to be on film, to elevate it to a UNR uh, with a flagrant UNR and then disqualify the player. So Robert, what, what, is our, what, are, our, what are our text people saying out there? You know, originally they, um, there was half going UNS, there was half going UNR, uh, but then once they heard what I had said, they all came back and said, I agree with Robert, I agree with Robert, I agree with Robert. So, uh, no, I think they got the message um, and they're caught up. All right, they got the message. So I'm going to go over to, uh, to Mike real quick. Oh, no, that's actually Bill. How about Mike? Mike, um, any uh, YouTube comments on this? I mean, I mean, people are going with the contact, sort of buying them away from a UNS, I think. And, and you know, I'm okay with that. The Federation rules don't allow for it. Um, you know, I, I've been known in Federation football, having worked at the other level and seeing how effective the UNS counter can be um, to, you know, using the taunting aspect of an act and uh, declaring that a separate action from the push and saying, okay, we'll talk to you on the personal foul and we'll, we'll count the taunt. You know, so in this case, I, I'm going with step over. And if you think that that first contact when he landed on him was strong enough, then we're going 30 yards. So we get a personal foul and we have a taunt. So you can go that way. But I hate not having an unsportsman like on this. I, I, I hate it. I mean, it's so effective and it communicates a ton. But yeah, I hear I hear people that don't want it because there's contact with both acts. He kicks him in the head as he steps over. So, you know, I hear that, too. And that's what I'm seeing in the com comments. Well, and, and I agree, but we, we have the, we're playing by the rules that we're playing by, and, and, and that's what we just want to make sure because I know Robert, I know I have. I, a few years ago when I was an assigner still, I got an email from, uh, I heard about a, a disqualification ejection, and I asked the, the official, and he's like, oh, yeah, they got two UNRs. I'm like, excuse me, two UNRs? I hope, I hope one of those was a flagrant UNR, or the second one was, because that doesn't mean anything. And... And so sometimes we get confused. So that's why I wanted, I wanted to, uh, to point, point it out just to kind of uh, continue on with that, you know, exactly to make sure everybody understands the differences in, in that. So, Robert, I see your hand in the air. I'm going to go to you, Robert. Yes. Yeah, two things. Because more than one viewer has brought up, you know, the penalty box. You know, I don't know if some other viewers know what that means. But in <laughs> the Chicagoland area, we have like this Catholic league where – some officials will escort the player to the head coach and it basically communicates to the head coach that uh, number 76 needs to sit out of play and then explain what 76 did to the head coach. Um, and, and we call that like the penalty box. Now, there, there is certainly no rule for that, and, and uh, we're not encouraging anyone to do that, but it has been done. And what, what I like about this viewer bringing this up or viewers bringing this up is it does remind us of the importance of communicating to the coach what the player did, especially no matter what foul we're calling, because they're going to want to know exactly what was observed or what was heard and said. So 
very good points by the viewers and uh, very important that we do that during the game. Right. It's not supported by rule anywhere. It's one of those, is it a good practice? Maybe could help uh, defuse the situation. I'm going to go, I'm going to let Bill finish up on this one because Bill, I know he's familiar with uh, the, the penalty box uh, routine. Bill, what was your thought when you were working back in, in, in that le- or at this level back you know, early in the day when that was utilized a lot more than it is now? What was your thoughts on that? Well, and yeah, and then the old, how it should be utilized now? The old Chicago Catholic League. I mean, the coaches, the coaches didn't even argue that one. I mean, they knew it. That was an accepted thing that uh, was done in that, in that league at that time. And it really had some... Um, some good effect for game control. Um, you know, obviously be careful trying to do it now. Um, you know, send the kid out saying he's injured, you know, with it. And he right. better come back and have the injury fixed before <laughs> or he's exactly. going to go out again, you know. So, but, uh, you know, and I'll just say, too, about that one about, you know, about contact and, and that you, you got to call it a personal foul. Well, if I come up in your face and bump you chest to chest, and I'm just jawing at you, okay, uh, that 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 whole thing was about taunting, you know, and that's what that player did with that leg. He, he that was a taunt. That was a send a message hit. It had absolutely nothing to do with football. So I would support any official who called that a uns i don't disagree with that but i think that is enough you're you're i i i haven't i'm good with 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 this you know what let's go we're running a little bit late but let's go with our i'm going to show you this is a play from from our uh from this year's uh bill amani's best practices but i want to show it because it's exactly what you were talking about bill and and then uh we got one more play after this but you can see i'm just going to let this one run you're going to see it at the end it's a touchdown by the uh, team in red and it looks like everything's good the officials are doing what they're supposed to they're there but i want you to watch the the, the shaded player and what he does at the end it looks like he like dropped his mouth guard or something like that and then they gets together with this guy and boom we got a little shove and look there's words going on right now see there's people talking with one another here comes a flag i'm gonna play i'm gonna play it again okay so you know, the contact, is this a UNR problem? Yeah, by rule, it's UNR, but you've got just what Bill was saying. There could be some jawing going on here, some talking. And if you now have those words that are being exchanged between one another or one a player to another, and there's an official right there in the middle, and, and that official can hear that. So now if, if a play like this, you want to go with the, well, I'm going to go with a UNS because... There was the jawing going back and forth. I'm not actually going to penalize the push. I'm going to penalize the jawing. Fine. Boom. We're right. We're, we're right within the standards of the high school rule. And to Bill's point and to Mike's point on that earlier play, if they believe that step over was a taunt, boom, go right there. That's fine. But just understand the difference. Understand the rule so that way you can apply it properly and you're not saying something incorrect. And so like on a play like this, and Bill and I talked about this on the best practices, which one is it? Well, if you're going to go with the push, it's got to be UNR. If you're going to go with the John, you can go with AUNS. All right, so I got one last play here for the night. Let me, uh, let me get this one. And this is kind of important because I think sometimes we forget this stuff when these types of plays happen. 
All right, I'm going to go wide on it, and you're going to see, I don't know if you can see it down to the left, there's a flag on the ground. So this official has flagged this coach for a UNS. They've been flagged for a UNS. And you're going to see the referee signal it at the top um, of the screen here in a second when he comes in. He's getting reported. I don't know if you can. It's barely at the top. You might not be able to see it. Maybe you can see it now. You can see dead ball UNS. So we know it's a UNS. Now, I want you to, want to I ran it back. Now, he's going back in. The official's going back. He's already flagged this coach for a UNS. And there's a discussion going on here. My question is, is that, this discussion should probably include somebody else, whether it be the referee before he signals, the umpire coming over, the back judge, because right now, this is, this is a volatile situation. And if things are said between the coach and the official, who's going to hear it? It's going to be a my word against his, his word against mine. This is one of those where I would suggest that if you are a crewmate of this official, start making your way over there because you're going to want, I, if I'm that official, I'm going to want somebody else to hear what's going on. Not to say that it looked pretty calm. It looked like nothing happened, but we don't know. You just flat a guy for UNS, so it might not be as calm as it appears to be. So I'm going to uh, well, before I do that, I want, I want to get Bill's take on, on this. Bill, you know, for years we've talked about trying to have two people in a conversation, especially in a volatile situation like that. Could you talk about the importance of that and how maybe you utilize that during your career? Yeah, it, it's important. You know, I mean, so coach call, the coach of the AD calls in and reports uh, one version of it. Uh, says, I got two people over there and this is what they said happened. And that's not what happened. I want my version of it, too. Uh, and when you have something like this, I would recommend that when you hit the locker room, either at halftime or after the game, put some notes down uh, about what the conversation and the interaction was, just in case you need it uh, for any explanation later, because it may not be as clear 24 hours, 48 hours, or a week later. So... Um, it's good there, but to get that other person over there, if anything, they'll help keep you calm too. Um, you know, it isn't just for them to hear. It's, uh, it's to, hey, they'll, they might be the ones that say, all right, it's time to play ball and let's move on with life, you know, um, and, and keep us from, from doing something silly. No, I think that's I think that's some good advice. So, all right, well, I think we're going to call it night, but before I do that, I want to, Throw it over to Robert real quick. Robert, any last-minute texts, questions, comments, anything like that before we uh, shut down the uh, the stream tonight? Yeah, the only, the only other comment was that there was a concern if uh, too much latitude was given to officials to uh, make these kind of decisions without good rule reference as far as UNR, UNS. You know, viewers are basically saying that it's written the way it's written. Uh, so that you know we don't we don't have officials you know disqualifying players uh, for for personal foul behavior and uh, you know that's a good point it's it's well received I just wanted to share that uh, but other than that everyone else enjoyed all the videos that were shared they were very grateful that we had plenty of them perfect yeah and and uh, let's be very clear before we we call the night is that we're not 
Right. The rules are written the way they're written, and they're written that way in high school for a reason. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't think the rules committee trusts high school officials to do, you know, to understand the differences, and so they're just trying to make it as as clear as as they possibly can in that regard. But um, if you have an action that's a non-contact foul, it's non-contact. It falls into taunting. It falls into to uh, you know the UNS category. It's UNS. If you've got contact but it's flagrant, you can elevate it, but make sure it's there. Make it be there. A head slap is not a punch. Just know that a head slap is not a punch. A, a forearm shiver to the face mask is not a punch. A punch, look it up the definition of what a punch is. It's a closed fist. So you don't want to be saying people threw punches and did stuff that's not there. You want to make it be there. But if it elevates to that flagrant level, then obviously we are going to enforce it as such. So before uh, I call it a night, I think I'm going to run back over to Mike. Mike, did you have any last comments on this before we call it a night? No, no. I, I always appreciate the uh, discussion in the, on the high school rules, and code creep is certainly a real thing. So I did want to make a comment, though, about the uh, fumble statistics um, that I referred to last time. Um, we had a okay. viewer who wrote in who, who asked us for the study. Yeah. Um, it was a study conducted by the NCAA when they uh, looked at replays of hundreds of fumbles and uh, hundreds of decisions that were overturned by replay. And uh, it was the number was 80 percent. So but I don't have the study. I've just heard it referenced many times. I'm still looking. Right. So when I find it, I'll send it to Tim. And if he wants to share it on the site, um, I just believe that the level shouldn't matter. You know, whether, you know, the, the chances of a fumble versus down shouldn't make a difference whether you're in youth football, high school football, NFL football, college football. I think that that study is still relevant. But, you know, again, that's my opinion. So it, we don't have a high school-based study for that. No, I agree. I, and that's – I think we we mentioned that last week about the fumble or whatever it was. But, yeah, and I knew it was a college study, but I knew it was, it was relevant. But, Mike, thank you for being here tonight and taking some time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And uh, let's see, I'm going to, uh, let's say, let's say goodnight, or, you know, I guess it's a, we, and Bill hasn't told us where he's going to be, so, this weekend, so, Bill, where, uh, where are you going to be this weekend? I'll be at uh, Clemson, uh, assuming the uh, Noah's Ark doesn't come through, <laughs> no. so, um, <laughs> exactly. we've got North Carolina State at, uh, at Clemson. All right. Well, Bill, I appreciate you taking some time, and I'm sure the viewers really enjoyed your, your insight. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And then Robert Yabara, and last but not least, Robert, thanks for being here. Any la if there's any last-minute things that need to be thrown out I, from the viewers, great. Otherwise, uh, thanks for being here. I appreciate all your input. Yeah, thank you, and, and thank the viewers, man. The viewers are very engaged. Thank you for responding to the questions and giving us your comments. We truly do appreciate it. That's what makes us stronger. Well, and I appreciate everybody who was able to pivot to, uh, you know, or, or stay with us as we had those unforeseen technical delays. But I'll be back next week, and we'll do the play of the week, I promise. I'm going to get it out there this week. I, you know, I, for those of you who are waiting on pins and needles, you'll just have to wait another week. But we'll get to it. I want to thank everybody who joined us. Thank you for, like I said, pivoting, staying with us, being a subscriber here at MIBTOnline.com. If you're watching on YouTube, we do this every week. So, you know, I gave you the, we got the, we had to go on YouTube tonight. So, hey, check it out. Go and uh, join us at MIBTOnline.com. Until next week, we'll catch you then. Have a great night. Have a great week. Good luck at your games. Till then, so long.